All right. Who are you? I'm Ronnie from Quincy. And how did we meet Ronnie? You were my driver tonight. Yes, and you had some really interesting feedback. Tell me more, your perception when you saw my profile. I mean, this chick's hot. That's the first thing I said to my buddy, but let's do this. He was like, you better bring her home. I'm like, oh, shit. And here we are, but not home in the way that your buddies probably think. Probably not. No, but at least they can they dream. can believe it. They, they can, can dream. dream. So we just connected really well in the car, and here we are, shooting the shit. And um, you were talking a bit before I hit record on what it's been like for you um, through this experience. Tell me more about what's been going on and how this whole COVID situation has been impacting you. Oh, so as far as like the job, I mean, everyone's kind of screwed right now, not, not just me, but... Yeah, about a week before the whole COVID thing came, I had to uh, take a choice, lose my job or apply for a new one that's going to make me more money. And I had to make the executive decision to um, to do it. And I did it. And the guy, uh, the jerk, told me, if you need the day off, find a new job. So I did it. I um I went to the interview and um it's kind of screwing me up now with this what's happening right now because I should have gotten my results but it's it's obviously postponed at this point so probably going to be out of work for a couple months it sucks Yeah what were you doing for work before this happened I was doing gas lines in the street yeah. like a uh, a contract of a national grid Tough work, not great pay, so that's why I'm going, I'm trying to go union, you know, so Mm -hmm. I can get more money, more availability, like everything more is union, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. so. How's that experience been for you, going for a union position? I mean, I I, I killed it, I think. I mean, it was a little nerve-wracking, because I know my... My life kind of depended on how I brought myself into the, in, you know, the interview, and how I spoke to these people. See what happens. I mean, it's a life-changing job opportunity, so it's, you know. Yeah, and you were telling me that you have a daughter, so sounds like that's a driving reason behind why you want to level up. Yeah, I have a son, but... uh he, um, no, yeah, he's only one, but, yeah, it, it's really for me and him. I'll be able to, I'll be good for the rest of my life as long as I get this job. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, a. Uh, Sounds like they're not hiring or moving forward until. Oh, no, they, they're laying everyone off. Like, that's a thing. Like, that's why I'm not getting looked at just yet, because they're laying their own people off. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everything should start, you know, going back to normal right now or pretty soon anyway, and then the ball will get rolling. And here I am, I'm going to get it. I already know I'm going to get it, but just a matter of time and just patience. Yeah. Do you have any backup plans in the case that, as you were saying, you might not be working for a few months? 
Not a single backup plan. My backup plan was to get this job. I didn't think that they were going to fire me for taking the day off, but... So that was actually the backup plan, but that got turned back into my face, so I'm just praying at this point. So it sounds like the employer that you had wasn't super supportive of your upward mobility and you wanting to reach for other opportunities, and basically it was like, if you're going to take the day off and go for another job, then you're out of here. Well, that's the thing. That's why I want to go union, because when you're non-union, you can get fired over what you look like, what what your hair looks like, what type of hat you wear. When you're in the union, that doesn't happen. You're protected. Like, so that's why I'm trying to make this jump. It was just bad timing. This whole thing was just bad timing. Like, it's nobody's fault. It was just, the timing was just bad. Yeah. So, you know. What kind of changes did you have to make, uh when all this happened, it sounds like you lost your job, you're waiting for the next step, but what other changes did you have to make or how did this impact your life? Well, number one, I, I paid child support for my, for my son and um, what I had to do was I had to empty my bank account and send her three months in advance child support because I knew I was not going to be working and I know that I'll spend the money if I have it. Yeah. So what I did was I sent her three months advance to protect me because if I'm not paying, they'll take my license. Better off, they'll send me to jail too just by not making payments. So there's a lot of things that, you know, a lot of stress Yeah. that comes with it. The good news, I can tell you that if you aren't able to pay and you are able to prove that you're not able to pay, the court ideally wouldn't take your license. And there has to be justifiable reason for them to you you have to show that you make money and you're choosing not to pay it versus in this case you can't pay it because of economic hardship um at this point people are being pretty um understanding of what's happening out there i How- mean to be honest with you they're not like i call i had to call the child support place because i ended up paying her venmo Mm-hmm. And they were doing direct deposit. Oh. So when I was a job, they're not getting the direct deposit. Got you. So now I was in a situation where they don't know they for for what they think they <laughs> they don't know that I'm paying or not. So I had to vent. I venmoed her. And I keep getting things in the mail saying I owe money. So I called them, and they told me, I told them straight out what happened. And they were like, "You're not gonna get credited." For the money you paid her, I was like, excuse me? Like, so it was a big issue. Oh, for sure. And this is something that I'm actually experiencing, having been a case manager, having been an advocate for domestic violence and sexual assault, being in the court system. uh, I used to represent kids, child, youth, and family. And I'm undergoing my own court situation regarding, you know, child support with an older son and a prior um, gentleman who's using um, financials to be coercive and unfortunately you know the good news is I've learned how to navigate the system but um yeah there are loopholes and it's hard to get them speaking with an attorney tonight that I had in the vehicle the court system is not set up for empathy and compassion whatsoever they am I so my experience so far um 
they don't care about the guy at all. I was the one that taught her how to change the diaper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they they just don't... It sucks because, you know, guys... It should be 50-50%. Guys are just as willing as the woman. In most cases. Except for the one I told you about recently. In most. My shit bag of an ex. Well, right. Who, like, denied his children. You have to and- prove you're a good person. Like, you know? Like, you can't just... You're not just going to get given that. Like, you need to prove... Okay, well, I've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So, if you've done nothing wrong, why take the kid from the guy? That, and that's been a common problem that has been an issue that men report that they feel like they're not being treated fairly. And I know that this state tends to be more of an in favor of the mother, which is on a state-by-state basis. It's also going to be dependent on who you have for a judge overseeing the case and what their experience is and um, how experienced they are with child, youth, and family. and um, We have a long way to go, that's for sure. I mean, it definitely, it definitely got better because when I went into court, like, they were not, like, the, the DA and um, the child support people, they were not trying to screw me. She actually made a fool of herself. They actually liked me. And they actually gave me good advice saying... Um, you know, I was asking for what I was asking for, and she went into my ear. She didn't even need to do this, but she went into my ear and she said, you know what, I think you should do this. Ask for one night, not not the, you know, not what you're asking for, and then once you prove yourself, you, you'll keep getting more. She straight up said the judge is not going to agree with you, which, yes, she was being nice, but why would the judge not agree what did I do wrong to not have my son 50-50? What did I do? And, and it's it's not about me. It's not about her. It's about the kid in, in, that, in the long run. So it, 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 was, it was dumb. I did, it was dumbfounding to me. Like, I didn't understand that, but... Did it seem like there was some, uh, like misogynist prejudiced well it's almost like it's a given like the guy automatically is screwed no matter what he says or does or who he is doesn't matter who you are like it's a kid automatically goes to the woman yeah how was that like let's talk about that like what did i do you know what i mean right they didn't even want to hear my story it was already she was she already had the kid it was automatically hers but they want me to pay 50-50. They want me to pay child support, but I can't see my son. How does that make sense? It doesn't. So what do we do about this? It's a really good point. Do you have legal representation? No, I represent myself because I know what lawyers do. Yeah. I got this done in two, two court dates. If I had a lawyer, it would have been eight court dates, and I would be probably be 20 grand in the hole right now for the same results. The goal is to connect you with um, some free legal representation. and They won't help. You've they tried. make it worse. They actually really make it worse. Like, they don't stick up for you. They agree what the judge applies. See, when I was my own lawyer, I told what I wanted. I said what I want. If I had my own lawyer, he would not say that. He would just agree with what they say. The goal is so to get you a, an attorney that represents you. And that's the idea, right. is that... 
they're supposed to be advocating for you and what you ask for and coming to some sort of middle ground between the two parties. See, that's the problem with not having money for a lawyer. When you get the attorneys that a court ordered, they usually do what they're told. Like, they, 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 side, they, they take the easy way out. They don't fight for you. You're not paying them millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they don't really care about you. That's, that's the thing. That's why I, I realized I'm taking this myself. Like, this guy's not going to speak for me. I got to go all in right now. It would have been way worse if I, if I didn't. You know what I mean? If I took him, it would have been way worse. I wouldn't have gotten what I wanted. Were you able to get what you wanted? I, everything I asked for, I got. Okay. I mean, at this point now, it's been eight months. I've, I've not done anything wrong. I should ask for more, but what now, you know? Do I want to make another mess? Like, do I want to, you know? Mm-hmm. Amazing. And do you feel like in time, if you let it ride out, do you see uh, the mother of your son setting her setting herself up to fail? It sounds like she has some behaviors that might sink her in the long run. Well, the thing is, she's trying to set me up to fail, but that's what it's always been about. Because she, I do have a record. I used to get in trouble. I changed. And she was trying to use my past against me and the judge didn't even want to hear it he goes this is not why you guys are here you're here for the kid so she kind of blew herself up mm-hmm. trying to bring up my past that has nothing to do with the kid or nothing to do with like the present like nothing mm-hmm. so i mean she probably won't mess up i hope she doesn't mess up she's the mother of my my child like you know what i mean like if she messes up he goes down the a bad path like I would never wish that on nobody but it's a really good point and emotionally mature of you yeah I'm often red flagged whenever I hear somebody speak super ill of you know the other parent and in that case you really haven't done that no she's a great mother I would never she's a great mother we just me and her just didn't work out like we I'm very sarcastic. I'm, I find myself funny. I joke a lot. She doesn't get it, like my jokes. So she thinks I'm being mean when I'm actually trying to be funny. And we just didn't work out. That's fine. Like people, sometimes people don't work out. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you're not stealing my kid from me. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just cause me and you argued and you left doesn't mean you're stealing my son. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I feel about it. That's the position I, I'm in with my older son's father. He was very vindictive and he lost parental rights and responsibilities, justifiably so, and then begged and pleaded and put on this big scene and show about how he would do anything and what was it that I wanted. And I got a call from the police chief and um, asked what was it that I wanted from him. I said, I'm not going to specify what he needs to do for the work, but he definitely needs to undergo a batterer's intervention program and he needs to choose his path of counseling, however that be. Um, because even though at the time he wasn't drinking, he was a dry drunk and his attitude was 
disgusting. Um, and unfortunately, like in that case, you almost wish that they would drink because at least it, it decompresses them and they're not as volatile. Not as mean, like probably not like abusive, like once he gets his little fix, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I used to remember saying, God damn it, I wish you would fucking just drink because honestly, <laughs> like you're a pain in the fucking ass. Um, and then it came to, you know, eight years later after meeting in the middle and drawing up a parenting plan with an expensive attorney that my family paid for. Um, that was as 50-50 as it could possibly be. And he went back to the court and filed a modification to or yeah, a modification to the parenting plan while I was on a do not travel order from my midwife and I was due with my son and was not supposed to be traveling. And that was always his thing was to get me traveling. Um, because with my older son, you know, he interfered in that labor delivery situation as well. And I almost had my son on the side of the road because he didn't want me induced. It's almost like he was setting you up for failure. Like, Oh, he's always done that. I had, I was, that's what it sounds like to me. Like, yeah, I was three centimeters dilated at my last appointment. Like any my normal last guy would have told you to sit at home and, and just relax, lay down, and I'll bring you to the hospital. Yeah. N- no, like, I mean, you know? I was, at the time, working three jobs while in that relationship and during that pregnancy because he was a money spender, a big money spender, overdrafting the account continuously. Yikes. And he was so miserable to be around, and I was on pins and needles, and we were then living with his family for a short time, waiting to move into the uh, property that we bought that needed to be remodeled. And he was remodeling it, and he got it done in a record amount a couple of months. But at the same time, his family wasn't right, and they were extremely mobbish. And um, I felt like I was being under, I was under constant surveillance, come to find out, because they thought that I was going to pick up and leave and catch on and leave with that baby. And they didn't want me leaving with that baby. But when it came time for, I went down, it was an hour and 20 minutes to the hospital. I get there for my checkup and I'm already overdue. Um, And I was three centimeters dilated. And he said, I think we should induce because I'm going on vacation next week. Well, why was this his? What, what? We weren't even married. Ew, this why is my he doctor. Even have to say it. Oh, it was your doctor. This is my doctor. And so I call my son's father and he drives down and my doctor was already aware that there was an abuse history and we were like, I didn't feel safe at home and there was a safety plan and he comes down rip roaring and he pitches a fit, but he pitched his fit in more of a, you need to have a natural birth. And you're pregnant at this time. Yeah. About ready to go anytime and super unpredictable. It's my first pregnancy, so I don't know what to expect. And then he has the nerve to try to convince me to not be induced because it could make things so much harder. It's a narcissist. Yeah, and it should be a natural birth. This, that, and the other. My doctor's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And so... He was not the one delivering the baby, so he should have zero say Yeah. on how you, you and as, he a, was, as a woman, are going to deliver this baby. And we weren't even married at the time. I, mm. And so we go back the hour and 20 minutes in separate cars. We get back. I proceed to go back to work for another night or two. And I went into labor on shift at the end of my waitressing shift, the busiest night of the season. It was snowmobile season. I'm hustling tables and running food back and forth and running drinks back and forth. And it was at the very end of that shift. We had just gotten rid of the final table. And I ordered my food. I sat down to start to total out all of my receipts. 
and cash out my tips and I didn't feel good. And that's when I was like, I said something to the bartender and the head waitress and just said, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to head into the bathroom. And I didn't come out of that bathroom. (coughs) And they ended up grabbing the key and unlocking the bathroom and breaking in and seeing me on the toilet realizing. And she said, I've had two kids, honey. You're in labor. Let me call him. Yeah, it's time to go. Like, at that point. And then, yeah. yeah. And then it was a shit show. It was a snowstorm. It was the middle of a blizzard. I'm now, like, 45 minutes in this snowstorm above the hour and 20 minutes. He, I proceeded to get a ride from an on-call waitress who drove a Ford Mustang, and it was the bumpiest ride in said snowstorm, oh. ice skating over every pothole and frost heave. My water breaks in her car, and I'm just, like, water everywhere. Jeez. I'm apologizing. I'm sitting uncomfortably, like, not able to sit in her seat, and... Um, we get to the local hospital, which doesn't deliver babies, and the director meets us out front and says, don't bring her in because we have to admit her. And at that point, I'm like, I'm going to have this baby yeah, right here, right it's, now. It's, it's coming right now. So There's no ambulances available. There's only two, I think, in the town, and they're out on call. So they had to call in an ambulance from either Vermont or Canada or, I'm not, Groveton? I can't remember. Well, where, where, where were you at at this point? I was on the Canadian-Vermont border in New Hampshire. I was in the middle of freaking nowhere. Wow, that's yeah. actually kind of scary because there's, there's zero people to help you. I mean, mm-hmm. wow. His mother kept that's talking. Scary. It was super scary. And, and dealing with that type of guy, that's double scary. And then his mother was so convinced that we were going to have this baby at home in her hot tub, in her whirlpool yeah. bathtub. I was like, I, these people were. That's, that's weirdo else. type. That's borderline, like, uh, I mean. That's that's crazy. I lived in the twilight zone with these people. So I proceed to... Then it comes time where they said, just drive her and get her to... They were like, just get in the truck and keep driving. His truck was on empty, and the town that we lived in, the gas station, was already closed for the night. So he already knew, days before we had, he had met me at the hospital, knew I was three centimeters dilated, convinced me to come home, didn't keep the truck filled up. I had had my bags packed for I don't know how long. And Yeah, they tell you to pack the bags yeah, a couple of days before. It tells you what kind of supportive right. or lack thereof partner I had because he had the truck on empty and couldn't even drive me the, to the hospital. So then I proceed because my labor, I get Surprised he wasn't drunk. He wasn't drinking at the time. He's gone back to drinking since then. So then he has to go over to his brother and sister's house, his brother-in-law and sister's house, and borrow their truck. He contacts his family. His family shows up, and I had already said that they were not coming to the hospital with me, that they could come visit after, but they were not going to be in the delivery room. They argued with me. They thought they were going to record the birth. I'm like, you people are nuts. Like, this is about me and what I need to not be stressed and have this baby. You're trying to be comfortable. Like, you're already uncomfortable. Yeah. You're trying to get comfortable, and you can't anyways. And these people were all about them. All about them. Them, 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 them. You're going to have the baby in the hot, in the tub, and this, that, and the other. See, that's, see, that's gonna... very stressful. Uh, see, just even hearing that is stressful. Never mind being in your shoes where you lay down on the bed. You're about to give birth. You, you, you never had a kid before, so you don't know what's, how this feels. And to have people dickering back and forth, that, that's stressful on its own. Never mind what you're going through in your own mind. So it's stress on stress. Yeah. 
And now it's even worse because he's made it worse because he's pitched a fit and he was epic. He was so good at having major tantrums and meltdowns in public where I would have like fighting where I would leave him in a Walmart with the entire cart full of groceries like, let's go, we're leaving. This is embarrassing. And so we get to the point where I get in an ambulance and they haul ass and there was a midwife in the car and in the uh, ambulance and had I realized it, if I had known there was a midwife, I would have just stayed and had the baby there. And we get partway to Littleton, New Hampshire. And she says, you can start pushing now. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know. I would, oh, so. I'll tell you what, I watched it. I, I was there. I had to hold the leg up. It's not what you see it in, in the movies or mm-hmm. the shows. There's not a million doctors in there. Like every, what, like what, 30 seconds or whatever it was, I had to lift this girl's leg up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It was awkward. Like, her mom's had to lift the other leg up. I'm like, her dad's staring me down. He don't even like me, so I'm like, he's staring at me, and I'm like, it was just awkward. Like, so... Yeah. Imagine a picture of me, like, I didn't think about me, I was just thinking about her, like, trying to get her through it, like, mm-hmm. but... And now you have to deal with the fact that her mother and father are in the room, and for me, that's a no-go. That I don't was want weird. my parents in there. It was weird. It was the weirdest thing. I told the doctors, too, I was like... Do not let me see this kid coming out of her. Like, I, I straight up told him that. Later on, obviously, doctor was like, all right, he's out. Uh, take a look. And only his head was coming out. And I, I legit almost passed the fuck out. Like, I almost passed out. That changes your vagina I was just experience like, when you're used to that being a pleasure. I was horrified. And- I mean, yeah. for whoever guy is listening on to right now... Don't look. Just just be there. Do not look. Like you do not want to see that like at all. There are some guys though, like um the adoptive father of my children. I had my son a year ago, October, and I had him by myself with a volunteer doula that I had only met one other time. I by myself and I wouldn't have it any other way. And then with my daughter, I had the adoptive mother and father in the room and he we've known each other since we were kids, indirectly. Um, him. And he's, like, all into, like, EMT and medical blood tattoos. So he was, like, like he's watching. Like, this is awesome. But, um, and it wasn't weird. It, it was so weird for it not to be weird to have them in the room. But I would have never had my mother or my father. or Yeah. It oh, was... it was awkward. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine how she felt. Mm-hmm. You know, like, her mom and dad are, like, I, I don't think her dad actually looked. But clearly her mom looked. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's awkward, no? Like Yes, however, when you're in it, you're overrun with so much survival instinct. To You're in so much pain, slash, you start to go numb in, the, in terms of your surroundings, and your only goal is to get this out. It's like you have this foreign object oh, yeah. in your body, and your body is doing everything it can to reject and get this out of you. See, she probably, yeah, so you're right. So she she wasn't thinking... She didn't have the time to think what I'm thinking because all she could think about was getting the kid out. Mm-hmm. See, I, I'm sitting there. I have time to think. I'm thinking about everything. I'm thinking about her dad staring me down. Like, I was thinking, you know? Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Like, her mom's looking at me in the eyes, and I'm, like, lifting her leg up. I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, what is happening right now? Like, it was, I mean, it was very awkward. 
after doing this three times, by the time you get to the second and third time, you don't care what's hanging out. You don't want to be covered. They're trying to be all nice and cover you up with blankets and a hospital gown. I'm like, oh, I, don't, surprise. I don't fucking need it. It just, let's do this. See, I thought there would be a million doctors in the room like you see on the TV. Mm-hmm. There was no doctors. They, they, one doctor would come in. They're like, yeah, you this. I'll be back in 20 minutes. Exactly. And it was just one doctor. And you think there's 15 doctors in there? That's not how it went down. Like, it's not like a TV show. It's one doctor and you... And a team of nurses. Nurses. Nurses are doing all the work. It was just me and this girl's mother. And every time she had the... Contraction. Contraction, I had to lift her leg up. And then I would have to sit down. And then maybe, what was it, like a minute and a half, I would have to stand up, lift her leg up again, and sit back down. This happened for like four hours, which for me, I got lucky because she actually had this kid very quickly. I couldn't imagine people sitting there for like three days. All my children we came went there in that two night and a half hours. She had this kid in five hours. Like, that's, n- I've heard of my friends being in there for like three days. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, this kid came out pretty quickly, like, but it was, it was a life-changing Ex, you know, experience. I would mm-hmm. say. Definitely get on that. Just be. <laughs> don't look. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> that reminds me of my older son's father. He was had a weak stomach, and he to often wants to be the center of attention and makes everything about him. And the my doctor, who was very young and good looking, was like, "Are you good? You okay?" And he was giving him shit back and saying, is that all you do? You just sit there laid back with your legs crossed? And he's like, yeah, pretty much until it's time to push. And uh, and when it came time to start pushing and there was blood and shit coming out everywhere, that's when he was kind of a little like, oh. But you know what? I don't remember him holding I my I leg. I didn't get woozy. I, did, I, I, didn't, I just didn't want to see Yeah. that coming out. Like, I didn't get creeped out. Like, it was just, I just didn't want to see that big of a thing coming out of her, you know, private part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was, I was like, holy crap. Like, what the hell is going on? It's here? surreal. It was weird. How, how is this even possible is what I was thinking. Like. Yeah. The human body, women. I'll tell you what, that must body. have hurt. It looked like it hurt to me. So. The worst part are the contractions. The contractions with no epidural. My first was natural birth no epidural and when I look back in retrospect the pushing actually was relieving it's like taking a really big dump when you gotta go and you're like oh thank god and there's only one point for a couple seconds and they warn you they tell you it feels like it's what's called the ring of fire and it feels like somebody is taking and they explained this to me they said it's gonna feel at in the next couple of pushes like somebody took a lighter and just ran it around your labia and then It'll pass just as quick as it started. And it was. It was the ring of fire. And then the la- my second, last October, epidural. Perfect epidural. He was a ninja. Like, I didn't feel a thing. It was super pleasurable. Everything about it was amazing. Now, with my last, I was pretty close to her coming out, and the epidural only had time to partially work, so only half of my body was numb. So I felt the whole right side, and I felt that ring of fire on the right side, and I got a little weak in the last couple pushes. I had three pushes, and she was out, but I was like, it hurts. <laughs> I'm not supposed to feel this. Um, 
Yeah. And she got the epidural. Uh, she was asking me, I was like, look, it, you're the one delivering. This is up to you. I cannot make this call for you. Yeah. It, it's how you feel as a woman. Like, I'm not pushing this thing out. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think all men should be that way, too. Like, you, you never tell a woman what she should and shouldn't do, in my opinion. She needs to make that call on her own on how she feels and because you don't want her to like hurt herself like you know what I mean like hurt herself like also mentally too like that that you know it's up to the woman I don't care what anyone says at that point the woman is the one pushing us out she needs to know what she's doing I mean I gave I told her I was like Straight up, it's up to you. I am not making this call for you. Like, I cannot, as a man, I am not doing this. If you want me to, I will, but I'm not doing that. Like, this is your call, and I have I have no say in this, as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, as far as, I mean, right or not right, like, the woman should be the judge of this like i don't know how you're feeling like you need to mm-hmm. the woman needs to dictate on what's happening like, that's that's the idea and there are some men like my older son's father who that's not the case and then i had with my other two children father was mia and denying that i was even pregnant but once it was obvious i was pregnant he was denying that they were his and Ironically, both children came out looking just like him, and he's the one who showed up at the lawyer's office signing off on the parenting rights and responsibilities and saying... Just so he didn't have to pay child support. He wanted me to fight a battle. He wanted a fight. He wanted the conflict. Well, why did he want to fight? He wouldn't initiate. He only wanted to initiate to prove that I was making his life a living hell. So I walked away and gave you the kids away. You didn't make the baby on your own. He talked about getting me knocked up. He talked about breeding me. It was his well, he thing. Did. And he it, did. It, he could talk whatever. He could talk the talk, walk the walk, but he got you pregnant. Yeah. He so got he, awfully confident. He, his, he has nothing to say at this point. Nope. And after two babies, the third time, he was basically like proud and smug about it. Like, and I said, what are we going to try for a third? He's like, let's try for a third. At this point, I'm actually on an IUD. But he Well, would... my question for you is if you knew what this guy was on the first one, why did you go back? That's a really good question. So my son had already been adopted and I had physiological needs and I wanted to prove to myself that I could detach with love and I could have a relationship much like men do where men are just able to meet their physiological needs and just fuck and that's it. And you know that for a fact? Every man? Not every man is that. I feel like they use that as an excuse and there's more to it that. It is true. Uh, for me, anyway. For most men, it is. I could have sex with girls, not care about her the next very day. A lot of men... Women are different. Well, yes and no. So, men tend to do that because the closer they get to a woman and the more intimate that they are with a woman stirs up whatever connection that they have with their mother. And so, if you had a not 100% good... I'm a mama's boy, that's why I... Mm-hmm. That's how I can tell. This, I already was able to tell based on some of the challenge you're ha- challenges you're having with, with baby mama. And uh, it's super indicative. It's a pattern. And unfortunately, if your attachment is... It, as a mama's boy, if you are super overly attached to mom, 
you're not going to be able to attach with another female. I mean, I'm not, I'm not attached. Like, she, I know well, she attach, got my like, back, like, and I got her back, like. Yeah, you're just not going to be able she's to She's number have. one. She is. So, I mean, every guy should think that about their brother. Like, I wouldn't oh. be here without. Okay, I, I thought know. you meant girlfriend. I was like, oh, oh no, hell no. <laughs> I don't have a girl. No, I don't have a girlfriend. But. Yeah, there comes a point that's normal, but then there's individuation, and there's a point of individuation where the son leaves the nest and has to transfer that relationship over to another female. So I did do that, and it just, that's probably why my kid's mom like gets upset every time my mom tries to say something nice, or she was like, why is your mom, your mama ain't running this, like, I'm like, she's not trying to run anything, she's just trying to help you, because you don't know what the fuck you're doing, like, you know what I mean? That's that enmeshment, and when you don't make She didn't want the help, but she didn't even know how to change the kid's diaper. Yeah. So I would try to help her change the kid's diaper, because she didn't understand. And she would get mad. So I said, okay, maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe she just doesn't want to hear from a guy. Ma, go help her. She didn't want to get it from my mom. So in the long run, what I had to do, I had to call her parents. And I said... I called her dad, and I said, your wife needs to give her daughter, like, advice. And, because she's not taking it from me. She's getting mad at me. That's the thing, is women are have a natural instinct on mothering. If people can step back and get out of the way and let them figure it out for themselves without telling them what to do, they know what to do. And it can be very threatening when you got everybody up in your business trying to tell you how to be a mother when you instinctively know how to be a mother. And yeah, I, I, I do agree for most cases, but this case, no. Because I will disagree because she was trying to change the kid's diaper and because he started crying, she would leave him naked and run away. And I would have to finish the dip. Like, this is why I had to call her parents. So if I wasn't there, she, <clears throat> you know what I mean? She was, the mother instinct didn't hit her. I, I, I don't know why, but she, she did not know what to do at all. What's interesting is at the beginning of the conversation, you really seem to think pretty highly of her as a, as a mother. And but I still do. Yeah. But she definitely did not know what the hell she was doing. But that's, I don't judge her on that. She just never had a kid like me either. But mm-hmm. thing was, I know how to change diapers. I have cousins that have babies Mm -hmm. so I did change diapers before so that's why I was already more and the most part is that the doctors came in and taught me how to change my kid's diaper while she was sleeping because she already had the baby so she was tired she was not awake for this so she was about a week behind me I kept trying to tell her it's it's not hard, just figure it, like, it's right here. Mm-hmm. So while I was getting the training by the doctors, she was sleeping, recovering. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. I, I don't blame her, I don't blame any woman for that. But I, I definitely was a week more advanced. And a week, that's nothing, but it was something to her because the kid wouldn't cry when I changed the diaper. But when she went to go do it, he would flip out. And, she, and instead of just finishing the job, she'd run away. 
Sounds so, like it was really so, overwhelming so, for her. Right. So that 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 was the issue. Like which is not an issue. It's you know. And, and yeah, I'm not putting her down. She's still the greatest mother. I still hate her, but I'm not going to be mean, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> What would you like to see happen moving forward? I want to live with my son. I tried to go back. Try to tell her. I mean, I'm not perfect. I mean, when she was pregnant, I was going out with my friends. All It was summertime. I was going out with my friends. Thinking, all right, this is my last time to go out. When in reality, I should have stayed at home with her when she was pregnant very insightful yeah. I know what I did wrong but sometimes in life when you do something you don't get a second shot that's why I try to tell myself to just try to be perfect just change everything up I changed she would like the way I am now but it's not gonna work have you ever thought about the two of you finding somebody that would work as a mentor for you, like a marriage coach or a life coach or a family coach or um, just something that would be a good fit? Some people would go for counseling, but oftentimes that doesn't work. They look for somebody. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm a lot smarter than what I look um, mentally. And um, we're just very two different people. She's, she's... That's a good thing. Opposites are meant to So grow. I thought... It would be a good thing. I thought it would be a good thing. It really wasn't. It brings me back to me being a funny guy, joking with her, trying to make her laugh. And in reality, she was thought I was being mean to her. So it was very hard. Uh, it, it, you didn't speak the same language. It's, it won't work because she doesn't have a personality, in my opinion. What if you tried a different communication style? I mean, I don't speak Chinese. Uh, I, I don't speak Mandarin, Cantonese. Uh, I speak me. I'm just me. Is she Chinese or Mandarin? No, she's Puerto Rican and Italian. Oh, sweet Jesus. She's a handful. That's a tough, tough combination. There's a lot of family dynamics there and intergenerational trauma, which means... Anything to do with her mother and her family, especially stepping in to tell her what she needs to be doing, changing diapers and raising a baby, is not going to go well. Well, her, I blame, to be honest with you, she would have gotten back with me, but her, it was her parents not letting her. There we go. She, the elephant in the room. Yeah, she straight up said, if I come back, my parents are going to disown me. I said, there I don't is. give a shit about your parents. Your parents are not... The one raising this child. That's the same issue I had with my Colombian ex-partner and father of two children. It was that matriarch. It was the Colombian culture. Which wasn't Puerto, her. Puerto yeah. Rican culture is the same yep. way. It wasn't her. It was her parents. My parents know that too. They, they both said that to me too. They threatened to disown her if you both got back to that is the elephant in the room. And that's the elephant that's in my room situation. And the fact that my, um, the father of my two children that I just had is a mama's boy. And she would not allow him to individuate. And See, I would not listen. My son is my son. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to take... That's why I try to explain to her. Nobody's going to take... He's named after me. 
I'm junior. He's a third. He has blue eyes and blonde hair. Everyone in her family has brown eyes. Nobody in her family has blue eyes. He looks like me. He's my son. You're not taking my kid from me. I pay child support. I do what I need to do. So it sounds an awful lot like the issue isn't as much between you and her as there's a lot of outside influence, familial influence. If she didn't have her parents, this would be a lot different. I appreciate you getting to that point because often it's like an onion and there are many layers. And a lot of what I was hearing, it was like, that's not it. Mm, That's not it. And then I'm like, there it is. That is it. Experienced the same thing. And once mommy spoke up and she verbally and physically assaulted me and tried to kill me and stab me with a knife and scissors, she... Insane. His ex-girlfriend is Puerto Rican. And actually she triangulated and called up the ex-girlfriend and had her come over to the house to try to mediate our relationship. That's not going to happen. The Puerto Rican that the Colombian didn't like to begin with and didn't like her either and kicked her out of the house and she got out of the relationship for the same reasons. And because he has such issues with his mother... He runs to short little affairs and random hookups and casual encounters with women. But the moment that he even remotely attaches or gets close to a woman, it runs away. It triggers his underlying issues with his mother, and doesn't he feels like he's being trapped and suffocated and engulfed? And well, he that's runs. That's why he runs for the next one because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be trapped. And then he always comes back. He runs and he comes back, runs and comes back, and he goes back and forth and around and around and around. Now he's burning bridges and people don't want anything to do with him because he's not doing the fucking work. Everyone, we all talk. Us women have all been able to talk and say, we're sick and tired of his shit. Yeah. That's insane. People, everyone is different. And it's, it's crazy when you meet someone new. You have to learn what they do and who they are as a person. So every time you meet someone new, it's something different. Yeah. This is why, because not one human, like humans are not the same. Everyone is completely different. So it's like you get a, it's tough. It's hard enough to get to know somebody one-on-one. And that's how it should be, is a relationship between two people and not the outside influence and not the family. It's why now I won't even remotely think I, I won't even consider meeting somebody's parents I don't like when a guy starts talking about his mom or showing me pictures of his mom or I mean do, do, so, do, do guys really show you pictures oh, they try of to. their mom they do <laughs> what I had a guy friend who was just a friend when I was pregnant like, with my out, son out to eat. oh you want to see my mom like that's exactly what no happened way. no joke no bullshit guys do that yeah especially Hispanic ones they are all about their mommies that's so weird to me. I just don't get that. I had a friend that I hung out with and would go out dancing with still after I separated from my ex. And my ex was telling people that I was pregnant and saying it was his and it wasn't. And he was having a field day being like, it's probably him and it's probably him. And he, any time that he found out that I was actually out having friend dates or dating anybody that was not Hispanic, he came right knocking on my door and came back around and said, that's different. Like, why are you okay with me going out with, you know, going out to the clubs or being, hanging out with my friend Mario or hanging out with my friend, uh, what's his name? I can't even remember. So apparently we're not good friends. Pablo. (laughs) Pablo. I'll think of it. Oh, his name was, um. Jose. No, I know, right? They're all named Jose. Oh, shit. He was in the Coast Guard. But 
no joke, he took me out while pregnant and we went out to dinner and he was talking about his mom and I'm like, oh my God. That's like so my annoying. eyes were rolling in the back of my head. I had already been like, I'm not You interested. should have bottled them. Done what? You should have taken the bottle and uh, just that's cracked what I it thought. off his head. I totally knew what you were saying. I don't know why I asked you to clarify. And then the irony is he was going to go home to Puerto Rico and I was working and made good money then. And I was like, hey, I'll come with you. And I, he's like, I need to ask my mom. And at that point, I'm like, I'm That's not weird. fucking doing this again. You have to ask your mom. You're a full-grown adult. And then same thing, I found out that he was supporting his family back home in Puerto Rico. And I'm like, uh-uh. Nope. No. And no. Jesus. It's just their culture. And it does not work for anyone that is not well, in that culture. It's not the American way. I mean, we can go down that road, too. but It's so true. And I made that point that he actually said... The reason why they moved here from Colombia, his mother moved him here to to have a better life. But all they did you don't was, bring any culture here though. If you want to have a better life, come live our life. Don't bring your stupid culture here because clearly your culture don't work. That's the way I look at. It. I'm not a racist guy. I'm just telling it how it is. If your culture and it's not working in your country, don't bring your stupid ass shit here because clearly your shit ain't working. You're coming here for a better life. Because this is the American way. Your stupid ass culture don't, is not working, dude. Like, so don't bring it here. Like, that's what... It's boggling, isn't it? Mind-boggling. I don't like it. It's Like, it's there bad. are things that I used to say, like, I love the, the dancing, and I love the family time once a week on Saturdays, once a month, not fucking every day with your mother in and out of our house, screaming and yelling and hooting and hollering, and then telling us to come eat, because... She makes dinner whenever she fucking feels like it. And you don't even know when. And my stepdaughter didn't even know which end was up. And, you know, who's cooking today? Who's picking me up? Who's dropping me off? And, man, like, they're intrusive and up, up each other's ass. But if you, you know, the food was great. And some of the customs were great. But if your, dom- if your domestic culture, if your, if you left because the husband-wife dynamic was not good and you're a single mother with a son getting on a boat or an airplane and coming over to the United States and you're doing everything you can to provide a better life, wouldn't you upward mobility? You've got a woman that moves in that can teach you how to level up in upward mobility. And she says, and I quote, I don't like her. I don't like the changes she's making in the home. I want Deanna. I want Deanna to come home. I'm going to fuck back then. Like... I ended up getting that. I'm like, if that's how it's going to be, Take that right back where you came from. Right, just go If you're miserable here, and she had just been home in Colombia for a month before that, and she was happy. We were happy. Everybody was happy. Everybody was peaceful. And then she comes home and breaks up my family and tries to assassinate me. And then I'm the fucking problem, and now he's wondering why I am pissed because... Obviously, he took her aside, obviously. Doesn't matter. After she threatened to disown him, and he cried like a little bitch. I mean, not even cried, like, emotionally. It was pathetic, like... I stood up to his mother. He's now offended, and I because I was the man. man. Yeah, he's thirty-five. That's a grown-ass man crying. His crying is very emotionally labile. It's not even legitimate tears. It's the crocodile tears. It's the meltdowns. Feel bad for me, like it's full-on five-year-old meltdowns. Wow. I don't even remember the last time I cried. To be honest with you, crying is okay. Emotions are okay. I just just haven't. I've been through so much that I feel like nothing else. What else? Eventually you're emotionally numb. 
Yeah. Well, I feel like that's what it is. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm, I'm just... I, I, what else? Like, I, I laugh now. As soon as something bad happens to me, I laugh. Uh, it's what else? What else could go wrong? I've already been through it all. Knock on some wood. We don't want to test no. those boundaries. No, it's 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 life. It's gonna happen. You know. Especially things. here, there's something about Boston that's in the water. When you take the immigration and you take the multi generational, intergenerational trauma, in epigenetic and genomic trauma, which is intercellular in your DNA, passed down through your ancestors. Boston man is like really rough and tough and people are holding on to shit and holding on to grudges and we super fight. Oh, yeah. that's the yeah. thing like, so I moved to Florida for 8 months what was so, that like I've done said, it I want your perspective I was walking by down the street and someone said hi to me I wasn't sure whether to punch this guy in the head <laughs> or say hi back you don't see that in Boston you know agreed like people if you say hi to someone in Boston, they're going to punch your head off. Like, Yeah, they're like... Nobody's friendly around here. No. So everyone around there was just so friendly. I just... First two months, I just didn't understand. I was like, what is happening? How are these people so nice? Why are these people... Like, what is going on? That's one of the biggest pieces of feedback. It was very awkward. Like... Yeah. Everyone's super friendly down there as opposed to here. I mean, here. not to mention, like, they were calling me Justin Bieber when I was, like, at a bar, like... I could see it. You do kind of... It was like, like a coyote ugly bar. Like, the girls would dance, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. I used to do that when I was in Florida. I was one of them. And then they got on the microphone. They're like, Justin Bieber, get over here. And I'm like, I'm looking around. My buddy pushed me over. I'm like, she's really talking about me, huh? Like, I was... For a solid two years... I got called Justin Bieber. I'm glad nobody has said that to me in like a long time. But it, that's traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you. It's weird. Like, I was like, no. If it makes you feel better, I've been uh, brushing up on, I, I saw some Bieber um, activity. And it turns out that he has cleaned his act up. He's a married man now. He's doing all right. Still a dog. I mean... It's a Boston comment, I guess. No. Yeah. I mean, he's still Dork, a scumbag. Dink. Dick. What else? Boston terminology. He's still a scumbag. Let's educate people. Scumbag. Still a fucking donkey. Douchebag. What are some other terms? Throw them at me. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we just... We just ripped Biba <laughs> in half. I mean... Yeah, he's a clown. For sure. But... I was kind of upset when they were like, but it was it was definitely weird. Like, I even went to go apply for a job there, and they were like, the guy was like, I know he was jealous too. Like, I went to a, like a restaurant, and I was like, I was a server like back in the day, like, and he was like, three, three hot chicks come up, like they're like, trying to, you know, they're looking at me. I'm not stupid. Like, all I'm gonna tell you right now, every guy from Florida is fucking ugly. They have, like, no teeth. Like, they're, they're weird-looking. But all the girls are fucking smoke shows. It's weird. So, like, my little stupid ass from Boston goes there. They're, like, staring me down. I'm, like, trying to get a job. And this guy's, like, he didn't hire me for that one reason. He was, like, nah. You're not coming in here. I'm going to run this place. Like, he knew, like, right away. He, like, he looked at me. Like, I could I could tell. I can. People tell a story when you look at them in their eyes. 
if you're smart enough to get it, yeah, you can read a whole paragraph, a whole story in someone's eyes if you actually pay attention. And if you're smart enough. And he, oh, this guy knew I was like ready to smash every single girl that was in that entire place. I mean, I was thinking that too, like so maybe whatever. But so he read you pretty well that paragraph, that I mean, story in your eyes. I mean, how's he gonna know that? Like, you just told me. You yeah, but like, yeah, but he was stupid. Like, I think he was just he was just jealous. I think like because he was a weird looking ass dude. He probably just wanted these girls to, like... Similar to women, it sounds like men pick up on that, too, well, it, and compete. He, it was all jealousy. I mean, I was overqualified for the, dro- for the job, and I didn't even get a call back. It was, it was personal, and I've never met this guy, so it can't be that personal. So he Alpha judged male. me. He judged me off my looks. That, wa- that's he, all it was. He wanted to be the alpha male. He didn't want anybody. Because yeah, he knew guy. once I came in, the big daddy's going to get coming in hot. That's what's up now. <laughs> and now all his little minions are coming at me. He knew it. I knew it. I looked at him right in the eyes. I could see the, the p- pathetic, like, coward look in his eyes, like, when he's seen. You know what I mean? I do. You can defeat someone just by looking at them. Like, I've experienced that as a female. Talk about the whole alpha female and, you know, you can walk into a room and know when someone's looking at you with daggers. You can defeat someone just by looking at them. And you can defeat someone by absolutely ignoring their existence. You could. Yeah. I lived in Florida. I mean, I was just trying to get a job, though, at the time. I wasn't trying to be, a, like, a smart guy. I was just trying to, like, you know. Did you end up with another job while you were down there? No, I just chilled. I, I probably drank for like nine months straight just in my backyard. And I came back home because I just, I just wasn't feeling it. I actually met friends uh, the last week I was there. I actually almost stayed, but like my plane, I already had the plane ticket to come home. I didn't have friends the whole time I was there. It was all MS-13 gang. Mm. My aunt was the only white woman on the whole street it was all ms-13 like there was ms-13 spray painted on people's houses when i walked to the store to go get a some beer i wa- i had my paul Pierce jersey on obviously and i get stopped by a bunch of kids the stoop thing is actually like a real thing like people chill on like a stoop like there's like there was like 45 people out there and they go, hey, white guy, what the fuck are you doing on my street? I go, I just moved in with my aunt. They're like, the white lady? I go, yeah. They're like, all right, you're good. They're like, where you going? I was like, I'm going to buy bear. I'll be right back, bitch. Like, like I don't, I'll fight. And like, it's interesting how they addressed you They as didn't, white. They actually, to be honest with you, if I didn't get wise back with them, they probably would have bullied me. But I straight up, if you want to fight, let's fight. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you That's know what, I, mean? what I came to terms with living in a Colombian household is that I was nice and would try to conflict resolute. And I got eaten alive. I got yeah, annihilated. Yeah. But now that I throw down and fight back, all of a sudden I get more respect. I fight back and my ex wants to come around. I fight back and he calls me more. I fight back and he wants to, you know, keep knocking on my door. And I was like, wow, he likes, they like the conflict. They rely on the conflict. It was, it was like, well, it, 
I mean, there were so many dudes out there. That I think that they were all trying to outdo each other. But, I mean, who am I? I'm just a little white guy. Walk, what, what type of respect are you really going to get if you beat me up? Come on. Mm-hmm. So. I find it funny, though, that you weren't being racist. No, However, racist. they addressed you right off the bat. And that's the experience well, I had. Racist. 